Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. Glory to God. Give God a hand. By no mistake that we're all here and we thank you. You got me there? You ready? Test one, two, three. All right, glory to God. All right, well, thank you, Tim. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, guys. First lady and preacher there, preacher man. You go right ahead. You know. That's what church is all about. You're supposed to be able to come into the church house and understand you know, God's will and God's purpose for your life. You're supposed to understand how to have fun. And, you know, we need to make this fun. We, not, we need to not make this so like we're closed in. You know, we're people, if you understand. We're, we're no different than the other people in the Bible. They're just like us. You know, we're people that God really wants to use and, and, and bring a difference in somebody else's life. And that's what the church house is all about. You know, and being here today with you guys, it's not about me. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about souls. It's about lives being tra- transformed and changed and touched by the power of God, and especially for our young people. Everybody should be young inside some kind of way. When you follow Jesus, you should be young inside because <laughs> it's a joy. It should be the joy of your life, you know, to be able to walk with the Lord and, and, and help our younger generation people and, and what they're struggling with today. We need to encourage them. The most important thing is a relationship with Jesus. It's not a relationship with social media. It's not a relationship with being popular. It's not a relationship with being famous. The, the most famous person I ever met is Jesus. See, when you open up the book, you'll realize how famous Jesus really is. He's famous, more famous than any athlete, any person in the movies and everything. He's a man that hung on the cross at Calvary and shed his blood for sinners like us that we may have life and may have it more abundantly. And then he went to the tomb, and then he got up early Sunday morning. And when he got up, he got up with all power in his hand. He was resurrected. You know, I could tell you, sit here and tell you I wasn't always like this. You know, I was a heathen, liar, cheater, womanizer, alcoholic, drug addict, sinner, famous, rich, privileged, lived behind community gates, had it all, but had nothing until I met Jesus. I just accumulated a bunch of earthly stuff, and that's all it was. It, it, it won't mean nothing at the end of the day of your life. You know, I played Major League Baseball for 17 years. That was just a platform that God would use to bring glory to a nation. God would find me in a pit and put me in a poor pit. And he would put me in a poor pit to preach the gospel, which I'm not even qualified to do. But he is qualified to do it through you. You know, and this is what we need to get back to teaching. Um, parents, you need to get back to bringing your kids to church. You need to get back to the table talks at the table. Turn those cell phones off. Turn that computer off and sit and talk to your kids about real life and real situations. Because the enemy is busy. You know, and as believers, we have to be, we have to be busy too. We make everything else more important than the kingdom of God. We need to make the kingdom of God more important than all these earthly things. Like I said, I wasn't always like this. You know, I, I played Major League Baseball for 17 years and thought that was it. That was what it was about. Then I had the trials and tribulations. I was broken before I would put a uniform on. You know why? Brokenness is real. Lawlessness brings about brokenness. Brokenness is real. Before I put the uniform on, I was broken. 
My father was a raging alcoholic, used to come home, beat the crap out of us, told us we'd never amount to anything. Pulled out a shotgun when I was 14, said he was going to kill the whole family. Had it not been for my mother getting me and my brothers out of the house, we'd have killed him that night. Could have been a tragedy in my life before I ever put a uniform on. So I was already broken when I put the uniform on. See, the uniform just covered up what it was, what was broken. See, putting the uniform on just made me a baseball player. I didn't become a man until I met Jesus. I was a baseball player when I had a uniform on. I could do all that because my pain led me to my greatness, and my greatness would eventually lead me to my destructive behavior. You know, pain is real. It's real stuff, and we never deal with that, and we never get down to the root of it. We'll never be able to be free. You know, and you have to deal with that. And you can't deal with that on your own. I, I went to every counselor, had every doctor, it don't matter. The best counselor I ever had was Jesus himself. You know, when you understand who Jesus is, then you'll understand who you are. Because we can't understand who we are until we come to the right understanding of why we're created. We're created, we're created with God, by God, for good. God created everybody to be good. It was just the beginning of all this in the book of Genesis. Genesis 3 was the beginning of Adam and Eve in the garden, you know. And one man brought sin in. And then you go to the gospel. One man brought grace in, which is Jesus, for all. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel. Jesus came in and brought grace for all, for every last one of us. Our young people are, are struggling with identity of who they are and everything because of internets and social media and likes and you know we we need to get back to teaching them this here you know because the bible is the most important book it tells us my people perish because of lack of knowledge you know the only reason i was perishing because of lack of knowledge i had earthly knowledge but i didn't have any kingdom knowledge but today i have kingdom knowledge kingdom knowledge is far greater than any earthly thing that i ever achieved and it will be greater than anything that you will ever achieve to you young people because the enemy is busy, you know, busy. You know, when I think about my life and all I had to go through in the public eyes and people were writing me off and saying, he's a loser, he's this and that, and Jesus says, I want him. Jesus said, I'll take him. Why? Why does Jesus say, say those things? Because he'll take Every last one of us, because he knows the broken pieces that we have, he's the only person that can put them back together. You can't put them back together for yourself. You, it, it is Christ himself. He's already done it at the cross. You know, the stimulus, when you think about all those, you know, that God called in the Bible, all of them are just like us, people. Guess what? They all had issues, too. You don't believe me? Open the book and start reading. Moses had a speech impediment. God used him mightily to lead the Israelites out of bondage. They could have been in the promised land in 11 days. They complained so much. God sent them into the wilderness for another 40 years. What I love about God, he'll leave you stuck if you want to stay stuck. You don't have to. But if you surrender yourself to him, he'll do his great work inside of you. Not what you look like on the outside. See, it's the power inside through the Word of God that God reveals Himself to us, and the revelation comes through the Word to show us why we, why we're here. The great purpose of being here was not for me to say, "Look at me, I was a great baseball player." No, I was a heathen 
and all these other things, and I needed to know the Savior. And it wasn't until I surrendered myself at the cross and the Savior came into my life, and then he brought about every transformation that needs to be brought in your life. See, only one person can heal you on the inside, and his name is Jesus. Nobody else can heal you on the inside. You can't heal yourself. You can get all the success and cars and homes and stuff, and you see celebrities, they have everything, but they truly have nothing. They have everything. They feel like you look, we're looking at them saying they have everything. They have it all together. No, there's no such thing as having it all together. Nobody lives behind a white picket fence. There's not a such thing as a white picket fence. The devil has been lying forever to make everybody believe that they have it all together. How can you say that? Well, because I know I lived it and I was part of it. And I knew it, I thought it exists too. But it truly does not exist. What exists is us as the people that God wants to touch. Every last one of you here today, God wants to touch you in a way that when you go back, that you know that there's a God. When you walk out of here, you know there's a God because I've been transformed. You know, I know people think I come up here to you know talk about how great I was as a baseball player. Ah, devil is a liar. It had nothing to do with baseball. It had to do with what God was going to want to do in my life. And he wanted to transform my life just like he wants to transform your life. And he wants to take you to this greater place, greater understanding, your purpose for living, to fulfill the promises over your life. The promises over your life is far greater than anything that you will achieve here from an earthly standpoint. Why do I know that? Because the enemy is busy. If you look at a society, what's happened today, the enemy is busy. What are Christians doing? He's busy. He's brought about hatred. Evilness, wickedness, it's all here. We're not even safe anymore. And Jesus said it in John 10, 10. He said the thief was not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. He's talking about something far greater. He's talking about I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you joy. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you knowledge. I'm going to give you so much greater than anything else you would ever achieve from an earthly standpoint. But he's telling us about the enemy. He comes to deceive, and he's here to deceive people, to make you believe that all this is good. But it's not. At the end of the day, he forgot to tell you, by the way, you're coming with me. He never tells you that part. He'll let you have all these stuff and think it's all important. But as long as you don't know God, as long as you don't follow God's principles, then he knows he have you. And we're living in a whole society that's like that. Jesus talks about it clearly. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he comes to do. What does he come to steal? He comes to steal your identity so you don't know who you are. See, he wanted me to identify myself as Darryl Strawberry, this major league great baseball player who had all these troubles and lost broken, and you could have been in the Hall of Fame and you could have done that. Yeah, I probably could have, but I wouldn't have never met Jesus because I would have thought I had it all together. Like most celebrities do. They think they have it all together because they have everything. 
They don't know Jesus, but they got a bunch of stuff. I got a bunch of stuff to satisfy me, to make me feel well, but I don't know Jesus, and I don't know about life after this. I really don't care about life after this because I'm only concerned about life right now, and that's what so many of them are stuck on, and so many people are stuck on. I'm only concerned about life right now, but I'm not concerned about the life after. But then we want to, when somebody dies, we want to say, rest in peace, rest in heaven. We want to say everybody's going to heaven. Well, you better open up this book. It doesn't say that. We need to start teaching this book so people can understand this book and learn how to live according to these biblical principles instead of living from what some man has said. You better understand who we are in Christ and understand it just does not work like that. You know, he comes to steal your identity. He comes to kill your purpose so you do not know who you are. He, he, comes to, he, comes to, he comes to steal that purpose. Well, he comes to steal the purpose so you do not know why you exist. Excuse me. Comes to, no, hold up. Comes to steal your identity so you do not know who you are. He comes to kill your purpose so you do not know why you exist. He comes to destroy your mission so you do not know what to do. So he has all these plans, the enemy, that he has for us. And we're seeing it happen right in front of us right now. It's all playing out. This is my testimony of who I was, broken, lost, separated from God. Father was an alcoholic. My mother was praying for me. Father rejected us, left us for broken. I went on to play Major League Baseball and achieve all these things and still broken. Had a uniform on for 17 years, but still broken on the inside. Because it doesn't make you well because you have a uniform on. Most people think you should be well because you have a uniform on and you're achieving all these things. Well, just like I said before, nothing can make you well but Jesus on the inside. He's the only one who can heal what's broken on the inside. And I went through that, and my mother was praying for me while I was rich and famous. She was praying that God would save me. Yeah, how do I know when she died? She died at the age of 55. I need to tell the story. She died at the age of 55 from terminal breast cancer. My sister found a journal under her bed. She was a Christian woman, faithful woman of God. She was praying that God would save her kids. When it got to me, she prayed. The prayer was, God, please knock him off his throne. That was mama prayer. And God did exactly what she prayed for. Her prayers came to pass. Because why? She was faithful to God. So that's from some mothers in here and some fathers in here. You keep praying. Might not be up to you to see the transformation in the natural, but she's watching in the supernatural what she prayed for. Not only would I be saved, I would go on to become a minister of the gospel, and then I would lead my entire family to the Lord. So the, the plan is bigger than you can ever imagine. Not, would I, not only would I just lead my entire family, but I would lead... My father to the Lord, too, a man who rejected us and left us for broken. And he was in the hospital, and I'm going to do a men's conference on a Saturday morning. God speaks to me on a Friday night in California and says, I want you to go down and see your father in the hospital in San Diego, and I want you to repent to him. I say, what? <laughs> he says, yeah, I want you to repent to him. And I want you to ask him to forgive you for keeping him out of your life and your career and not knowing his grandkids. That's what God said. 
I called my wife. I said, Lord, it's all over me about going to ask my father to forgive me. She said, you need to do it. I get down to the hospital. I don't say anything about what he did to us, the rejection, the beatings, or anything. Left us for dead. Hated him. He was never in my life, never in my career. I get down to the hospital, and I says, the Lord has changed me. Will you forgive me for keeping you out of my life and career? And not knowing your grandkids, he shook his head, yes, and a tear came out of his eye, and I lost it. I laid there in his lap just crying. God said, raise up a few minutes later. Raise up, and God says, lead him in the center prayer now. I said, the Lord has changed me. Would you like to accept him as Lord over your life? He said, yes. Let him in the center prayer. He goes on to pass away six months later. He goes on to go home to be with the Lord. But in the midst of all that, God was showing me something, because how the enemy still kills and destroys, how he takes us and he steals, kill, and destroy us, that we won't ever go back and ask somebody to forgive us because we're too prideful. You know, our ego keeps us from going to that place. But God was saying to me about my father, he says, said this to me, he says, how dare you not forgive him and I forgave you? How dare you not give someone else grace and I gave you grace? How dare we not give grace to someone else? He says, who are you not to give him grace? Little did I know my father was the only child, and he was abused in his life, and his father was an alcoholic, and his father beat the crap out of his mother right in front of him, and he saw that. So he just kept carrying it on to the next generation until it was broken. And the Lord reminded me in that time and that moment that the forgiveness was not for my father. The forgiveness was for me. That's why I stayed broken all those years. I don't care how many trophies I held up and how many championships and all-stars game I made. I was broken inside because I would not forgive. I would not let it go. I would not release it. And it kept me from reaching my own destiny. People will say, well, didn't you reach your destiny of, of all the things you did? Yes, I reached it in the sports arena and achieved those things. But still on the inside, I'm still missing something. It's still empty. And I was always empty running around the bases and, and you know, hitting home runs and running around the bases. Yeah, we slapped high five. But there was still always an emptiness on the inside because that emptiness is already there on every last one of us until we let Jesus fill that empty hole on the inside of us. No matter what it is, no matter where you come from, it's there. And God's the only one that can fill that empty void on the inside of you. I'm here to tell somebody today, what, whatever's hurting you, whatever's lacking, you know, God is the one that can fill that empty void. We try to fill it with everything else. We try to fill it with passion. We try to fill it with, with success and this and that. And yeah, it only lasts for a minute, and it's not, then that feeling goes away, and I still feel this way. That's when you're separated from God. You feel that way. Try to be happy with accumulating all these earthly things. Because the enemy purpose is to, is to still kill and destroy. Becomes a destroy me because my ego gets in the way. 
We allow our ego to be macho, macho man. You know what ego is? A three-letter word, easing God out. We ease God right out. Well, I really don't need God because things are well. But what about when the storms come? Because they do come. Then what do you do? Where's your foundation? Do you have a firm foundation in Christ? That's what this nation is was built on a firm foundation in Christ, but we've gotten away from the biblical principles. We've gotten consumed with every opinion now. We've gotten consumed with social media. We've gotten consumed with political um, people and, and them trying to make decisions for us, and they don't even like each other, and they're trying to tell us how to live. So what are we listening to? When, 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 when do we turn back? When do we turn back to the Word of God? When do we turn back to the book? Heaven and earth going to pass away, but not my word. The Word of God is never going to pass away. Heaven and earth going to pass away, but not the Word of God. You're going to pass away, I'm going to pass away. The Word of God is not going to pass away. It's going to be here. God's going to pour it down on somebody. Somebody's going to go out and preach the gospel and preach it to get people free. Because the gospel is fire. Everything else is foolishness. Because the importance of knowing that John 3.30, he must increase and I must decrease. He must increase, I must decrease, I must die daily so he can increase. If I die daily, he will increase into me and he will take me to the place that I need to be and he will put my feet on solid ground to do the work that he's called me to do. What is the work? Winning the loss. This is not about a popular contest. This is not about how elegant I sound. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ, winning the loss. Jesus came here to win the loss. The second coming of Christ is real. He's coming back. We're getting closer and closer. People think, oh, well, this is just a phase we're going through. It's going to change. No, this is not going to change. What is happening is supposed to happen because Christ has to come back. He has to make his return. He has to come back. He's coming back for his bride. But the thing about it is the bride is not ready. People will be left behind if they do not repent and turn from these worldly, wicked ways. He's calling us to repent. And turn and come back. Oh, Jesus' purpose is for us to have peace, my peace that surpasses all understanding. No man can give you peace. Only man can give you peace is Christ himself. That surpasses all understanding. See, I told you I wasn't always like this. I lived a sinful, separated life from God. God got a hold of me 15 years ago. Well, a little bit over 22 years with my wife. I was shooting dope, smoking crack. I was $3 million in debt. She was banging on doors, pulling me out of dope houses, saying, God's got a plan for you. I says, why don't you let God just leave me here and let me die? She goes, you're not that lucky. (laughs) And I wasn't that lucky. So what does that tell me? That tells me that God is still in the business of using people to help people. Because that's, that's the way he works. He works through people to help people. But we have to stand forward and be the people that he's called to do it. We got to be bold about the gospel. We can't worry about what people are going to think. I didn't come here to make people feel good and like me because I'm Daryl Strawberry. I came here because I'm born again. You know, I'm born of a new spirit. 
You know, I didn't come here to talk about my earthly achievements. I come here to talk about the kingdom of God. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added into you. I come here to talk about how God wants to transform your life, how God wants to transform a community, how people and adults have to come together and men have to take their rightful place and do what God's called us to do in the midst of all that we're going through, in the midst of the storm. Either you're in a storm or storm's on the way or you're coming out of a storm. We are in a storm right now as a nation and we need to be standing up for the biblical principles. We need to be talking about the kingdom of God. We don't need to be talking about these earthly because the devil has set it up to make everybody and trick everybody and make everybody believe that this is the way life is going to be. No, this is the way life is going to be being a believer. Jesus' purpose is for you to have peace. Who am I in Christ? He hung on the cross at Calvary. He shedded his blood. He went to the tomb. He got up early Sunday morning. He was resurrected. When you die, you get to be resurrected just like Christ. Galatians 2.20 talks about it. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who who lives in me. Christ. We act like Jesus is not important. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for my iniquity. By his stripes, we get to be healed. He's still healing folks. God is still healing folks. He's still in the business of healing folks and delivering folks. We got to pound this gospel into people's life. West Virginia was the number one state in overdose of opiates and heroin. few years back, I remember, they were the number one death. Opiates sweeping through this place and killing all the young people. Why? Because the devil is busy. And I think we forgot to tell our younger generation the importance of the biblical principles. Because I remember having a treatment center down in Florida, and we had it for five years, me and my wife, and it was biblical principles foundation that my wife brought into the treatment center. And young kids were coming from all over, and a lot of them came from West Virginia, too. And we were teaching them the Bible, and they were just amazed about the fact that they never heard the gospel like that before. They never heard it. We said, well, what happened to church? Well, we don't go to church. Families unchurched. Because everybody's too busy. Everybody's too busy with social media. Everybody's too busy with internet. Everybody's too busy with everything else. Because we got it right at our fingertips and we forgot the importance of what the church house is really truly all about. The church house is, is, is good. It's here to save your kids. Because we can't save them if we're not in the church house. And the devil's going to deceive them and make them believe that everything else is important, more important than God. Why? Because they moved God out of school, schools, right? So they give us no opportunity to worship God in schools anymore. And look what happened. They opened the floodgates for everything to come into the schools. Now kids are killing kids. 
They're 18 right now, but they're going to be younger pretty soon. They're going to be 15, 14, because he's busy. And it's up to us to educate our kids about the biblical principles and show them. It's up to dads to sit at home and read the Bible to the kids and point out things and tell them this is the importance instead of them sitting up in a room playing a video game somewhere. You know, it's a, it's a real reality that we have to talk about, and, and the church is the one that has to talk about it. Well, I just want to make sure I don't want to get into anybody's stuff. Well, if you don't get into somebody's stuff, the devil coming in, and he's going to terrorize and take over. But Jesus' purpose is here for you to have peace. Who am I? My identity is in Christ. My identity is not in what I do. Why do I exist? My purpose. My purpose is uh, you have been chosen by God. (laughs) Don't you love God? Don't you know this? Don't you know God is not looking for any perfect people because there's none? You know what kind of people God is looking for? Right now in these days, those that are available, those that make themselves available for him. If you make yourself available for him and you saturate yourself and hide out somewhere in your home and open up your Bible and start reading it and letting the Holy Spirit speak to you, God will see that you're available. Now he can produce what he needs to produce inside of you. You don't have to be in a pulpit. You don't want to get in a pulpit and preach. There's a heaviness coming in, you come up on you, getting in the pulpit and preach, because the de- devil's always on you, telling me, oh, you're going to preach about Jesus, and you this and you that. Yeah, I'm this and that, because I live for the kingdom of God. I don't live for me. I don't live to satisfy my soul, um, my, my flesh. I live because of the spirit man that dwells among me. What shall I do? My mission is knowing the way. The mission for every last one of us, is knowing the way. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. I don't know how many times I have to say that. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, except through me, except through me. He makes it clear. You cannot get to the Father except through me. I am the gateway. Jesus is the gateway to everything that you want to experience in this life. Because Jesus will give you an abundant life. I think sometimes people think abundant life is he's going to give me a bunch of stuff. Well, you can have this stuff down here. I take the eternal stuff. I'm looking forward to experiencing the eternal stuff that God has for us because of the work that we do down here. Not the earthly things, because that's going to pass away. You already said that, that part's going to pass away. But the things of the kingdom, and why I love Billy Graham so much, when God called me, he said, I want you to study, study Billy Graham, you know, an evangelist, crusade. He's a, he's a soul winner. We need to get back to winning souls. We need to stop telling people prosperity. God's going to give you this. He already gave you everything when he saved you. He gave you salvation. He's going to give you more than anything once you get salvation. 
that takes you into the next phase of where you're going and the next phase of your life and not here. This is not home. I buried my mom at 55. I buried my sister at 51. I've had cancer twice. I ended up in a Florida State prison with a T17169 because of addiction. I lost my left kidney in my second surgery. You can't tell me God's not a miracle maker. You're looking at a miracle. He's a miracle maker. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is walk it out. All you have to do is follow the biblical principles. My life didn't get good because I was playing Major League Baseball. My life got great because I started following Jesus. Had nothing to do with baseball. Jesus wasn't concerned about no home runs and championships. You know what Jesus was concerned about, kids? It's all going to be well in your soul. There's nothing wrong with playing sports. Don't get me wrong. It's good for you. It's fun. But who am I in Christ? Who am I? If I can go back and do this all over again, I would have listened to my mama. Yes, I got one year. Let's see. I would have listened to my mama. But I was too hard-headed, too busy. And you know what she did? She said, I'm just going to pray for all of y'all and turn you over to the Lord. And my mother, before she died, she asked me to pray for her. And she said, mm, you can pray. She said, God spoke to me. She said, God said, he's going to get it out of you. She said, you will do it, but he's going to get it out of you. She didn't lie. He got it out of me. Because why? He's not looking for a perfect soul because there's not one. He's looking for an available soul that's going to commit himself to God and walk with God and, do, and bring God principles to, to light because he is the light in the darkness that we're living in. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to bring his light to the darkness and saying, see, I changed that life. That man didn't change his own life. I'm God. He's just a servant. He's, he don't make himself bigger and boast about himself. He boasts about the kingdom because I'm the one that touched him. He's the one that came down to the cross and surrendered himself to me. That's what happens when you come and yield yourself to the cross and surrender yourself for real to God. He touches that life. God wants to use you. It doesn't matter what you've done. No matter who you are. No matter where you come from. God is not coming back for a black person. He's not coming back for a white person. He's not coming back for a Spanish person. He's not coming back for an Asian person. God is coming back for a holy person. We need to wake this nation up and realize God is coming back for holy people. He's looking at the heart of a man. He's not looking at the head of a man. He's looking at the heart. What's in this man's heart? Can I use this man to glorify me and honor me and worship me and surrender himself so I can reach the multitude of people? He's trying to reach the multitude of people. He's trying to get our young generation to come back to Christ, come back home. 
Follow the biblical principles. Understand who you are in Christ. God wants to use you. Noah got drunk. Jacob lied. Rahab was a prostitute. David had an affair. God used them. Daryl Strawberry had everything. God used me from everything that I had because everybody in the Bible are just like us. They had issues. Moses, David, put his best man Uriah on the front line to have his wife Bathsheba to be killed. God goes on to say he's a man after my own heart. This is a wonderful God that we serve. This is a merciful God that we serve. When you, when you understand what I'm saying, David, Jonah, he told Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach the gospel. He jumped the other way, jumps on the boat to go the other way to Tarshish. God throws him in the belly of fish for three days and night, then spit him out. He goes and tells him to repent. The whole city gets saved. One man. All he needs is one. All he needs is one. All he needs is one to say yes. Why yes? Yes. Why yes? You enjoy salvation. God blows you away. With his salvation. See, I think we don't understand how good salvation is. See, I understand how good salvation is. Salvation is everything. It's victory. I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. And you get salvation when you're overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Now you get to walk a victorious life. You get to live the life that God talks about. He wants you to be able to live freely here. You don't have to be clogged down with every life situation. Yes, are there going to be trials and tribulations? Yes, are you going to have to be in the wilderness? Yes, the wilderness is good. When you go into the wilderness and you come back out, God has done something great inside of you. See, I didn't get like this overnight. God sat me for seven years to be disciple when I got back in church with my wife sat me in the back for seven years and says don't you move and I was wondering well God why are you always talking to my wife like that he says because she spends time with me when are you going to spend some time with me see I wasn't spending the time like she was she wakes up every morning at 530 walk down and go study and Worship and pray and be with God. I was like, God, I'm not getting up at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> but I had to come to the place of getting there, and I started locking myself up in the room when she went to bed at night, and I started saturating myself in the book. And I started reading, and the Holy Spirit descended up on me, and he started teaching me the Bible, supernaturally like that, because I called upon him and asked him to teach me scriptures. And he started teaching me scriptures, and I said, he said, what do you want me to do with them? And he said, I want you to retain them, not in your head, but in your belly. I'm going to give you a belly full of scriptures where the enemy can't come in your belly. He can, see, the enemy comes into your head and your thoughts, but he cannot come into your belly to get the scriptures because they live down inside of you. And when you put them down inside of you, you're empowered with great wisdom and knowledge because it comes from the kingdom of God. It does not come from all these earthly things. We're trying to attain all these earthly things to make us feel better, and they don't make you feel better. Here's a man that's telling you, I had it all. I had it all. But none of them, they never, never made me feel better. The satisfaction didn't come until I started eating on the word of God and then all the revelations started to come because it's down inside of me and I want to take it and I want to give it to somebody else because I want you to experience this freedom that I'm talking about in Christ. This is a great freedom 
that Christ gives to you. No other man can give you that. Your husband won't give it to you. Your wife won't give it to you. Your kids won't give it to you. But Jesus will give it to you. See, when you get married, see, I'm married to Jesus now. There was a time I was married to myself and, and the situations of life and the fame and the fortune. I ain't married to none of that foolishness. Because I remember when I was going on my journey to start following Christ, there's about 20 years now, and I was going on my journey to follow Christ, and then I remember all the guys I played baseball with, a lot of them were saying, yeah, let's see how long this will last. It's 20 years, they're still waiting for me to come back. <laughs> they don't understand 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, anyone's in Christ a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come new. See, you can't get to the new if you still hold on to the old. See, he got something new for you every day. When you spring up, when I spring up every day, I get up and I worship God. I turn my music on. I enter into my presence because I worship God. Why? Because he's holy, he's righteous, and he's good. He's better than anything I've experienced from an earthly standpoint. And guess what? He's free. See, the people, if my people who are called by my name. He was talking about the Israelites back then. He's talking about us. He's talking about this generation now. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. He's talking about us. If we just humble ourselves and pray and seek after God. But people always say, well, how do you know so much about Jesus? Because I walk with him. Well, they say, how did you find Jesus? I said, Jesus never been lost. We're the ones that are lost. Jesus is not lost. He's always been here. And he's just here waiting for one to surrender himself to him. That's a big deal because we can't get out of the way because of all of these earthly things. It keeps us consumed with all that instead of understanding the symbol of the cross. The holiness and righteousness of Christ himself. A man with no sin in him that would give his life for sinners like us. Oh, that's a good man. There's something great about him that most people will never understand. You know why most people will never understand him? Because they don't commit to him. You can't understand him if you never commit to him. See, you'll understand him if you commit to him. Because if you have a commitment to him, now you'll have a relationship with him. And the relationship will bring fruit. Because what does he bring? He brings nothing but fruit. That's what he brings. He brings nothing but joy. He gives you unspeakable joy. He gives you things that you don't even know 
See, I think we look for material things to satisfy our soul, and they never do. But it's the holy things that satisfy your soul. It's the holy things about God. What are some things you have to do? You, you know, what do you do? Fat, F-A-T is a word. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm talking about a word. It's called fat, F-A-T. This is what you have to do with God. You got to be faithful. You got to be accountable. And you got to be teachable. Faithful to God, accountable to God, and teachable to God. See, when I decided I was going to follow Christ, I got rid of my, my worldly self and personality. I wanted the, the mind to be just like Christ. But the only way I'm going to get that way is through this. I'm not going to get it through anything else. I was, man, I just... I laugh all the time. I think to myself, man, I don't know what took me so long to pick this book up. Because it takes us so long to pick it up for ourselves. We can hear it from somebody else. But when you pick it up for yourself, that's the new beginning of your new life. When you pick it up for yourself and allow it to be downloaded inside of you. And I'm going to come down to closing with this, that Jesus want to do a miracle in your life today. All of you that are here, you may not know him, some of you may know him, some of you may need to come back, but he wants to do a miracle in your life because he is the miracle maker. You go to the book of John, the book of John is about believing. Jesus, the miracle maker, turning water into wine, feeding 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead, picking me up out of pit, putting me in a pulpit. He's still doing miracles. He, has, he will never turn away from doing miracles because he loves the miracle that he makes out of a life. And when you go to John 3, he told Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee teacher, unless one is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. See, we're all born of the natural from the flesh. Our parents, it was a seed, but he's talking about the second birth that I want to give you, born of my spirit, born of the spirit of God. That's the birth that we all have to have to be born of the spirit. Jesus said it. I didn't say it. He told Nicodemus, unless one is born, not born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven, born of the spirit. John 4, I remember when God called me to preach, Tim. He said, by the way, you need to know that I saw everything you were doing. I was like, everything? He was like, everything. See, what we don't understand about God is he sees everything that we all do. And there's no secrets. He was telling this woman at the well about her five husbands and the one she lived with. She was just all amazed in John 4, all amazed about how did he know that. And he was telling this woman, if you drink this living water that I am, oh. so ever since I've been drinking the living water of Jesus Christ, I have never, ever, 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 because it's living water. And it makes you well. 
and it runs through you, and it runs through you. And if somebody don't like you, oh, well, that's their problem. Jesus loved me. Then John 8, you think about, you know how we are as a society and people, how we are. John 8 is a really good one because we always want to point at everybody else's sin. And three fingers are pointing right back at us. <laughs> we want to point at people. See, Jesus, Jesus was so cool because the scribes wanted to stone the woman because of the law of Moses. You know, they wanted to stone her because she was caught in adultery. They wanted to stone her. And Jesus was just hanging out and listening. And, and, and he, he just kind of raised up and said, he who would sin cast the first stone. From the oldest to the youngest dropped their stones because guess what? They all had fallen short. And you know what Jesus said? You know, he stooped back down. Then he, he raised back up. They were gone, right? Then he asked the woman, where are your accusers? Has anyone accused you? She says, she says, no. He says, neither do I go and sin no more. Nobody can tell you that but Jesus. Nobody. He's the only one that can tell you that. And he's telling all of us today in this nation of people, go and sin no more. Repent and ask me to forgive you, and I will forgive you. I will give you the grace. You know what grace is? Grace is something you don't deserve, and he gives it to you anyway. And I'll give you the grace, and my grace is sufficient for you. You'll be able to stand strong. You'll be able to walk. You'll be able to walk a different way. You'll be able to talk a different way. You'll be able to act a different way. Why? Because I'm Lord. We're not Lord. He is Lord. Then we go to John 5, the pool of Bethesda. A man sat there for 38 years in a condition, just like all of us. We all got some type of condition. But you know what I love about Jesus when I read that text? Jesus never asked that man about his condition. You know why? Because he already knew it. He never had, he'd, he'd never have to ask about the condition of any of us. Because he already knew the condition of all of us. You know what he asked that man? Do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? You know what the man says, sir? Every time I try to get into the pool, because the angels would stir up the pool, the first person got into it that day was made well. He says, sir, every time I try to get into the pool, somebody, Jesus wasn't looking for the excuses. Jesus is not looking for the excuses. He says, he's saying, he's saying, do you want to be well? And the man said, yes. And you know what he told him? Pick up your bed and walk. Made him well, just like that. I don't know what they told you guys about me. I thought you maybe thought I was coming in here to talk about my baseball career and how many home runs I hit. Yeah, I hit a lot of them. But the biggest home run I ever hit was when I gave my life to Christ. That's the greatest grand slam I've ever hit, giving my life to Christ. That can be the greatest decision you can make today, giving your life to Christ. Do I have anyone who can put some soft music on? Something? Because I'm going to close this down. And I'm going to give a call for those that may not know Christ, those that have anxiety, depression, whatever it may be. I want you to come to the cross because I want to pray over you. 
And it's not about me. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about saying here, I surrender myself today to you. Lord, I need your help. Because guess what? We all need him. And he's good. He's good. Never met a man that's so good, that's so kind and loving and affection to you. He gives you everything that's lacking on the inside of you. Everything. I've, listen, I only have a high school education. He didn't give me a biblical education. I never went to school. I played ball for 17 years in the majors. But I fell in love with Jesus, and he gave me a biblical education, which is the education that he wants to give us all so we can understand who we are. We're descended of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now you get to eat from a land that you don't even know about. It's his great land because it comes out of this book. We've been teaching all the wrong things in this nation to our kids. All my kids stand up. Kids in the room. I'm going to pray. Come on. I, I, I come here for you. Stand up, kids. Stand up. Stand up, young people. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up, young people. I love you. I want my young people. I want all my young people to come. I want you to come up here in front. I'm going to pray for you. Come, come. Come to me. I'm going to meet you right here. Come on. Come on down. I'm going to do something different. Now I'm come, come, come. I'm going to pray for these young people. Pray that the wickedness will fall away from their life. Come on, I don't bite. I'm, I'm with family. We're family. This, this is about love. This is about Christ. This is about your life. This is about the victory that God wants to give you over all these earthly things. Come on, let those young people come in. Come on up here. Come on up front. Let them in. Let them in. Come on, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm sick of the enemy, man, destroying our young people. You know? You guys are the future. You're bright. The destiny for your life is incredible. You need to know that. Every last one of you, you're not a mistake. We just make a bunch of mistakes. We all fall short. But we need to pour into our young people and let them know how much God really loves them. God is crazy about you. Your commitment to God will be everything in your life, young people. Everything. Not some things, everything. I'm telling you, this craziness of this here, social media and, and likes and stuff, this is foolishness from the enemy. He's deceiving you to make you believe you have to be important in that. You do not have to be important in that. You have to be important with your relationship with God. He has to be first. You've been wonderfully, perfectly made by God. I'm sick of this nation of young people losing their way because the enemy has deceived them. We need to fight for you guys. Now come in closer here, all of you. Together. We're all together. We're all together. That's it. Together. I don't bite. I love you guys. I want you to experience the true victory over all this foolishness in the society that we're living in. And it's dark. And they're lying to you. They're saying you could be this, you could be that. No, you want to be all you want to be in Christ. You don't want to be what anybody else tell you to be. You want to be what you can be in Christ. We need to put that at the center of your heart, that Jesus is Lord. And my hope for you guys today when you walk out of here, that you will have experienced something different about yourself and the plan that God has for you. 
because he has a great plan for your life, a great one. Don't let the enemy steal it from you. He nearly stole my life and killed me. He should have killed me when he had a chance, but it's too late now. So I'm going to win the multitude of our young people. The adults, they got to figure it out. If you want this, you got to go in and get it. But for our young people, we need to help them, to encourage them, not let them sit back and think, oh, this is not for me. Yes, it is. Dads, you need to wake up. You need to get to the reality and wake up and realize that the enemy will steal your kids. It is no joke. He will steal your kids. If you don't pay attention, he will steal them. It's not a game. Look at all the young people that are dying. Look at all the young people that are going to school in fear now and doubts and people, young people going to school, killing kids and stuff. This is real stuff we're living in. And people say, well, it's going to stop. We hope it's going to stop. No, it's not going to stop because the enemy's busy. Christians, we got to get busy. We got to fight. We got to tell them about the gospel. We got to tell them about the love of Jesus. They're crowned from the top of the head to the bottom of the feet. Let's pray. Come on. Get in here. Let's pray every last one of you. Pray, come on, get, put your hands on them. Some of you adults here around here. Get around these kids. Let's surround them. Let's surround them. Yes, come on, some of you. Come on, get up here. Let's go. Father, we just thank you right now, Father. We pray for these young people's lives. We pray the victory over their life. We bind every assignment that the enemy has. We rebuke the devourer right now in the name of Jesus, Father. Father, we plead the blood of... Right now, in the name of Jesus, he has no authority over their life right now. Father, we plead the blood right now in Jesus. Father, we call upon you to do great things in their life. We call upon you to call some of them right now from right where they are, Father, and bring them to the symbol of the cross and let them become everything that you created them to be. Father, you created them for good, Father, and we thank you. We celebrate them, Father, and we give you honor because of their life. It is you, Lord. It is you that we need in this nation for our young people. Father, they're living in the most difficult times right now. To be liked, to be a part of. Father, I pray for their heart that you would speak to them. That they would know that they don't have to fit in. They're uniquely made by you. You created them, Father. And we thank you. And Father, we celebrate their life today. Celebrate them in the victory of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Now, Father, seal this petition over them that they will walk out of here, Father, and that they will have experienced you, not a man, but you, the great man, our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. And we give you honor and glory for what you're about to do in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give them a hand. Thank you. Thank you. Give them a hand. God bless. God bless. Yes. Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc.com, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at F O L 
www.wc.com prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.